All right, we do end on a high note. Uh, chapter 18 starts to look up. Uh, this is, we might say, about time. And uh, as I said in chapter 19, it will continue the theme of judgment and the final judgment, the very last stage of Armageddon. Uh, but it is a much more hopeful section because although the unbelievers on the earth are being judged and defeated by Jesus Christ, the conqueror. Um, we, the overcomers or the conquerors in Christ, are coming together with him in the clouds. So that will be a much more hopeful section. But here we do get a note of hope um, towards the end of chapter 18. Revelation 18.20 says, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. This is the great vindication um, of all those who have been destroyed physically by Babylon's power. Now Babylon is destroyed physically because of the destruction that she has brought on others. This is not the first time that all of heaven has been told to rejoice over something that has happened. Um, in Revelation chapter 12, at the midpoint of the tribulation, all of heaven is told to rejoice because Satan is cast out of heaven. Now he's cast out of heaven and onto the earth where he indwells the false Christ. And so the earth is told um, there, woe, woe, you on earth or something to that effect. But in Revelation 12, 12, it says, for this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Oh, here it is. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. So back then it was uh, rejoice for the heavens, but woe to the earth. Here the woes on the earth are just about done. Um, so it's going to be only rejoicing after that. But this is also very similar to Jeremiah 51. Now, there are many Old Testament prophecies that look forward to this destruction of the, um, of the world system. Uh, in the great day of the Lord. Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51 are two primary chapters that we could look at. Um, so this passage comes from Jeremiah 51, verse 48. Then heaven and earth and all that is in them will shout for joy over Babylon. For the destroyers will come to her from the north, declares the Lord. Indeed, Babylon is to fall for the slain of Israel. And also for Babylon, the slain of all the earth have fallen. You who have escaped the sword, depart, do not stay. Remember the Lord from afar and let Jerusalem come to your mind. This is a call for the, uh, the remnant in Israel. When they see Babylon being destroyed, they are to remember uh, the Lord from afar and let Jerusalem come to their mind. They won't be in Jerusalem because they will be protected in Petra at this time. Um, and there is going to be a, um, a three-day period in which they uh, repent of their rejection of Jesus the Messiah. They are regenerated by the Holy Spirit and the Lord comes as their conqueror to defeat the armies of the Antichrist who swarm them, both uh, those who are in Jerusalem and those who are protected in Petra. <clears throat> and so this rejoicing is not just those who are in heaven, but it's for uh, also you saints, 
all believers of all times, including those who are alive on the earth at that time, who have been um, under the thumb of Babylon and oppressed economically and uh, physically and religiously by Babylon, by the false Christ um, government. Um, all of them are to rejoice. All of the apostles and the prophets, uh, which are a set number of people who are all historical at this point, save only for the prophets, because there are at least two more prophets that we are told of that will appear in the tribulation period, these uh, two messengers from the Lord. Uh, so these apostles, the 12 apostles of Christ, and the uh, prophets uh, of all ages are also to rejoice. They have all been persecuted. In fact, at this point that John is writing Revelation, remember he is one of the apostles, he is the only one of all the apostles who is alive still in 95 or 96 AD. And he is the only one who is not martyred. Uh, the fourth beast of the, uh, the great world kingdoms has destroyed all the other apostles physically. The prophets have also been persecuted, um, not only by, um, by the uh, false teachers in Israel, but by, uh, by anyone who has encountered them, in essence. Um, all the prophets are to rejoice. The last two prophets, the two prophets of the tribulation period, will be slain, executed um, by the false Christ at the midpoint of the tribulation. They are all to rejoice here because judgment has been pronounced um, against her, against the great harlot, the city of Babylon. Now, pronounced um, here, I don't think is the best word because the Greek does not mean simply announced or spoken, um, but it actually means that the judgment has been rendered. It's been completed. And so all of these who asked this question back in uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, right at the beginning of judgment, as judgment is about to unfold on the earth and it takes seven years to unfold all this judgment, they ask, um, well, let's see here, when the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, and because of the testimony of which they had maintained, and they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each one of them a white robe, and they are told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were um, to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. So in other words, wait until the sins of the Babylonians are piled up to heaven so that judgment and destruction, a complete destruction, um, can be pronounced or uh, effectuated on her. And so now all of those who were told to wait before are now told to rejoice over her because the judgment has been completed destruction has been brought to Babylon. Now, uh, John gets another vision, and this one is of a strong angel. Uh, we've seen strong angels in Revelation before. None of the ones we've seen so far have been the same 
strong angel. This is probably um, also a third strong angel. We saw one in chapter five in heaven. We saw one in chapter 10 on earth. Um, here is another one in John's vision. This is a strong angel who takes up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea. This word for stone is lithos, which is a very large, heavy stone, uh, but it is uh, detached from the earth. It is like a millstone or perhaps a boulder would be a better name for it. Um, it's like a great millstone. It is thrown into the sea. Um, this is probably in fulfillment of Jeremiah 51, verse 60. It says, so Jeremiah wrote in a single scroll all the calamity which would come upon Babylon. That is, all these words which have been written concerning Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to Sariah, as soon as you come to Babylon, then see that you read all these words aloud and say, you, O Lord, have promised concerning this place to cut it off so that there will be nothing dwelling in it, whether man or beast, but it will be a perpetual desolation. And so, or and as soon as you finish reading this scroll, you will tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates and say, just so shall Babylon sink down and not rise again because of the calamity that I am going to bring upon her and they will become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. So this prophecy is probably being um, fulfilled here. Everything that was written on Babylon's scroll there um, has been fulfilled now, and Babylon itself is going to sink beneath the surface of the earth. It says here, or the great angel says, so will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence. Now this uh, reminds us here of Daniel chapter 2, uh, the great vision or dream of Nebuchadnezzar and how the statue is destroyed. Um, Daniel, as he interprets this, um, says, in that you saw the feet and the toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron. So he is speaking of the end times government, the government that grows out of these world governments that have come before it, it will be a divided kingdom, but it will have in it the toughness of iron, inasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay, as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery, so some of the kingdom will be strong, and part of it will be brittle. Notice the ten toes here are um, similar to the ten horns. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. So here's our picture of this um, great vision or dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And number five, we have that final kingdom, the iron and clay toes uh, that come out of the strong iron legs of Rome. But here we get the stone, a rock, uh, from the God of heaven. And this becomes the messianic kingdom. It doesn't grow out of this, um, these Gentile empires. It completely destroys and does away with them. So Daniel 2, 44, he continues, In the days of those kings, 
the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, and the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future, speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. This is the fulfillment as well of Daniel 2.45. This kingdom, Babylon, will no longer be found. It will be thrown down with violence. And Jeremiah 51.41 gives us a little bit more detail about this. He writes, how Shishak has been captured and the praise of the whole earth been seized. How Babylon has become an object of horror among the nations. The sea has come up over Babylon. She has been engulfed with its tumultuous waves. Her cities have become an object of horror, a parched land and a desert, a land in which no man lives and through which no son of man passes. I will punish Bel and Babylon, and I will make what he has swallowed come out of his mouth, and the nations will no longer stream to him. Even the wall of Babylon has fallen down. Now, I think it is very possible that Babylon itself will slip into the Euphrates River when it is thrown down. Uh, it will first burn, uh, but then when the great earthquake comes a few days later, or even a few hours later when Christ returns to the earth, um, I think Babylon itself will at least slip beneath the sand, if not slipping beneath the Euphrates. Um, and so literally fulfilling that prophecy of the great stone thrown into the sea. This brings us to um, another list of uh, things, but these are things that will not be found in Babylon anymore. Um, Revelation, and this uh, probably speaks to the daily life of those living in Babylon uh, rather than the trade which passed through Babylon. So here it says, the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpets, these will not be heard in you any longer. No craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. And the sound of a mill, food production, will not be heard in you any longer. So there's no entertainment going on anymore. The what probably will be the entertainment capital of the world uh, will no longer have entertainment. The craftsmen, the builders, the makers, they will not uh, do anything in Babylon anymore. It will be utterly desolate. Food production will end. The light of a lamp will no longer shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. Uh, now, these uh, not any longers are the most emphatic that Greek is capable of um, producing. It's the uketi umai or ume um, form, which is three different kinds of negations. In Greek, uh, you don't get a double negative where two negatives will cancel each other out. They build on each other. Um, so this uses the strongest possible language to say um, that none of these things will exist in Babylon anymore at this point. 
And this also sheds light on Matthew 24, which is confusing to many who wonder how is it that uh, the rapture can come at the beginning of the tribulation, or rather, um, how can Matthew 24 not be speaking of the pre-tribulation rapture uh, since people are going about their everyday lives in Matthew 24? Um, so we'll read that. For in the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. The Son of Man comes uh, not at the rapture. We go to him. He comes the day of the Lord at the end of the tribulation period. And we just saw that Babylon will continue about those everyday activities, even to the very last days of the tribulation. It will be a time of terrible uh, destruction around the earth, but still Babylon will protect for itself um, even its most luxurious items so that it will go on. Uh, all who agree with it, all who are aligned with it will be protected uh, in her power until her power is stripped from her. And so Matthew 24, 40 does not speak of the rapture as uh, some teach, but rather this talks of judgment. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. This is uh, probably speaking here of the slave labor. Some of the Jews will be uh, enslaved in Babylon uh, and made to uh, work for Babylon and for their produce. They were told to flee. Not all of them will be able to flee out of it. But we see that God's exacting judgment does not send judgment on believers, true believers, um, who have not taken the mark of the beast. It says, essentially here, God will uh, not extend the judgment to those who are not able to flee because they are enslaved. Only those who are part of the beast system will be destroyed with the beast system, in other words. There are other passages that speak of the rapture, but that is not one of them. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. So all these things that will no longer be found in Babylon, and there is a reminder that the merchants uh, were the great men of earth. And they were great because all the nations were deceived by the sorceries of Babylon. They made them great. Um, sorceries could mean deceptions. Um, here in Revelation 9.20, it possibly means drug use. It's often used for witchcraft as well, but it's the Greek word pharmakia, which we use for pharmaceuticals. Uh, it could be that she's deceived them that way, or this could be uh, metaphorical, that she has deceived them as if they were uh, drugged or made drunk under the influence uh, of her seductions. So Revelation 18.24, in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. So we saw a list of 24 or 28 different things that had been uh, traded through Babylon. Those are destroyed. They're gone. They're no longer. 
We saw four different activities that were present in Babylon that are destroyed, ended, and no longer. And all that is left is that which she's judged for. In her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all the slain of the earth. This is all that's left when she is, or when her, um, her luxuries are all burned up, all destroyed. Only that which she can be judged for remains and she is judged for it. And so just to uh, push a little further into the theme of hope that is coming in Revelation 19, I end with these verses where they cry out from heaven, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And a second time they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. All right, just another reminder, life of Messiah, we're going through September. We are about halfway through, and we're in the last six months of Jesus' life in the uh, Gospels. So you can tune in and watch the 14 or 15 videos we've already uploaded, and you can uh, join us or subscribe and uh, find us for the next few uh, lessons in that. It's been a fun study so far. I'm going through all four Gospels from a Jewish perspective uh, rather than a uh, Greek perspective, which has been forced or imposed on the Gospels for millennia. Uh, we're uh, taking it back to the Hebrew understanding of those original um, audiences of those Gospels. So join us for that class. It's a fun class, and I'm Looking forward to continuing in it. That is the end of our Revelation study in chapter 18, the last uh, study before the fall. So um, tune in again in September. Mm -hmm.